Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Are you listening to me? Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. Look at me. Jesus is coming back. the fig tree blossom then you shall know that the time is at hand even at the doors the fig tree is blossoming the fig tree is blossoming and we must stop and read ourselves of the spirit of religion that will keep us bound and slave to a program and slave to a system that blinds us from the reality of his time.
Who is he that will ascend to meet the Lord? Your Christianity is not enough. Your Christianity is not enough. That you say Jesus is your Lord is not That's why I said I'm burdened with the Spirit by the Spirit of God. The making of the glorious church. The making of the glorious church. How Jesus builds his church. He said, I will build my church. I will build my church. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Is he building his church? Is he building his church? You are his church. Both individually and corporately. You are the material, the stones that he is using to construct his habitation. Question is, are you a fitted stone? Let me help you. Revelations. Not loyalty to a church, not loyalty to a body, not loyalty to a minister or a pastor or a man of God, but loyalty to Jesus Christ. He said, if you call me Lord, you will do that which I say. If I am your Lord, you will do that which I say. If he's your Lord, you will be loyal to what he said in his word. Spirit is from God. For yea, even now, many false prophets have went out into the world. 
Jesus has used a system. He has created a system by which you will construct and divide. Put the dividing line. You see, the, the dividing rod is already set. The dividing line, the line that differentiates between those who serve God and those who do not serve God, that line is already drawn. What draws the line? What determines the time in which there would be a, a complete knowledge, a complete knowing of those who walk and know the Lord who are the Lord and those who are not? He says, I will make a difference between those who say and those who do not. That's what he says. And that dividing line is already drawn. If you are still waiting for it to be drawn, you are mistaken. Allegiance to Jesus. Allegiance to Jesus. This is what will keep you in the last times. Allegiance to Jesus. Loyalty to Him. Are you loyal to Him? If you are loyal to Him, you'll be loyal to His words. Today the Lord has very few people on his side. Very few people are on the Lord's side. You must not make the mistake to think that many people who call themselves Christians are on the side of the Lord. Never make that mistake. Tonight while I will share with you Today what I will share with you is very prophetic. It's something that is already taking place in the dimension of the spirit and it is to help you navigate your way to the right course, to the right path. Revelations with one. seven angels who had seven bowels filled with seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying come I will show you the bride and the lamb's wife just come I will show you the bride and the lamb's wife and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain was he not in the spirit when the angels <coughs> unto him was he not in the spirit now why is he saying and he took me in the spirit after being already in the spirit this angel says he took him in the spirit to a great and high mountain hmm. 
You know what the Spirit of God is trying to articulate to us? He's trying to give us the understanding of the location of the bride of Christ. Where the bride is to dwell, where the bride is to be, where the bride is to find herself at all times. He says in the spirit, there is a dimension that is called in the spirit. He says on a high mountain. That's where you will find the Lamb's wife. You don't find the Lamb's wife in heaven. You find the Lamb's wife in a place in the spirit on a high mountain. And he names that place. He says, he took me to a high mountain. And showed me the great city. He said, the bride, the Lamb's wife is a city. He showed me the great city. The holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. The reason why he had to take him to a high mountain because that is the only place, the only height in the spirit where you will see the city of the great king. So he says from, the, from that place, the elevated place, he saw the great city from a mountain. He needed to go to a mountain in the spirit to see the city of the great king, to see the lamb's wife. He's telling us we don't begin to see until we ascend to the mountains of the Lord. There is a place God said to Moses, he says, come to me on the mountain and I will talk to you what you must tell these people. So today, the habitations of the mountains of the Lord are empty, are vacant, and therefore the Lord is unable to speak what that says the Lord concerning his bride. Because the Johns have not ascended. The, the Moses is not ascended. We hear the Lord from earth, and it is not so much his desire that he always speaks to us from this place. There is a dimension of life that God wants us to come to. We are able to speak to us from the mountains of the Lord. He said, There you shall build what I have shown you. He took me to a high mountain and he showed me that great city. That great city. He said the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. Heaven, the glory of God. This is the, this, this is the marking, the identification of the Lamb's wife. It says having the glory of God. The glory, the weight, the doctor. Having the things that point out to his honor. Having the glory of God. Not the glory of man. Not the glory of buildings. The glory of God. He says this holy city. Having the glory of God. And he said her light. Her light. Was like a most precious stone. Like Jasper stone, clear as crystal. What is he talking about? Her light was like stone, clear stone. It says a Jasper stone. What does that remind you of? Revelation chapter 4. He says, And the one who sat on the throne was like Jasper. So what John saw was the radiance of the, the light of the one who sat on the throne. And he says, This city that is coming down, it bears this light. It bears this light as just the very light of the throne. 
The standards of Christ, brothers and sisters, has been diluted and disconcentrated by these people. We have created standards of our own. We have become like Jezebel, who taught the prophets of God that eating things offered to idols is the right thing. Just trust is he who says that which is unholy is holy and that which is holy is unholy. He said the bride, the bride resembles the lamb in every respect, having the glory of God and her light was like the jasper of the face of the man of the throne. How Jesus builds his church, how Jesus constructs his church, it says, when the Lord shall build Zion in Psalm, he shall come with his glory. When he has built Zion, because it is only when Zion is built that the glory of God can be expressed. The fact that the glory of God in the church is missing, the fact that the glory of God in the church is not seen, is proof that the building lies waste. Christianity is a term. Of identification. But when we talk about who you are to him, he says you are my church. So it is possible that you may be a Christian That you may be professed Christianity, confess Christianity, and you find one day that you never formed a stone that were to con be part of the construction of the glorious church of his bride. The deception of the times. She says, I know your works. I know your works. I know your works, that, that I know your works, that you persevere for my things. Nevertheless, I did one thing against you. And he says that one thing that he had against him was enough to dwarf all the good things they did for him. It was enough that he should, he should if they did not repent, remove their lampstand from its place. We are dealing with Jesus. And we have puppeted him down. We have diluted him. We have brought him down to a little somebody who is so loving and so caring and so tender-hearted and so kind that we forgot the entirety of his character. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like Jasper clear crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates. And 12 angels at the gates. And names. And names. 
and names. Understand what is happening here. The angel took John to a high mountain and he showed him the structure, the city of God, which the angel said was the Lamb's wife, the bride. And John begins to detail what he's seen. He said, the city had high walls. And on each of the top on each of the walls, there were angels there. And he says there were 12 gates. And then he says, on the 12 gates there were names. Hmm. There were names. On the 12 gates. There were names. And names were written on them. Which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel? How did John know? He must have read all the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. He says there were three gates on the east. Three gates on the west. Three gates on the south. Three gates on the west, I mean on the north. Something is strange. Because those gates are the names of the children of Israel. Does this make, make sense to you? In Numbers, the Bible tells us that God gave them a order, the standard by which they were supposed to align themselves as, as the Ark of the Covenant moved from one place to another he says there was supposed to be three tribes on each side on the east there was the tribe of Judah on the west there was the tribe of Ephraim on the on the south there was the tribe of Reuben on top there was the tribe of Simeon and those three tribes the Bowsers constituted of their armies because they were to guard the territory as the Ark of the Covenant moved from place to place the Ark was inside that arrangement and only Levi did not form part he was with the ark and the tabernacle now aeons later this man is seeing something that seems to point to an operation that had already taken place with the Israel children of Israel and this time it is symbolized by the gates. It says three gates on the east, three gates on the west, three gates on the south, three gates on the north. What are these gates? He says these gates are the names of the children of Israel. So every gate represented a member, one of the sons of Jacob. Huh. Verse 14. Now the wall of the city, give me strings, give me deep strings. Now the wall of the city, the wall of the city, not the city, the wall of the city had 12 foundations. And on them were what? The names of the 12 he says on the walls of the city there were 12 foundations which were the names of the apostles of the land. Uh. 
Now, a question we must ask ourselves is this. Is what John is seeing something in the future or something that has already taken place? Something that exists as a present tense in the spirit dimension? Is it something that is still to come? No. He's telling us that the bride, the bride, the church. Okay, let me ask you. Is, is, is holy Jerusalem, is the city of God an existent place? right now as we speak he tells you that the church the, the the bride of jesus christ exists now in the spirit that there is a place where god has hidden this place so when jesus came and chose his 12 disciples he had to choose them according to what according to the names that were already written on the 12 foundations of the world he did not just choose have I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. Rightly so he chose. He, 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 he had already seen the pattern that the Father had given him. So the foundations of the wall of the city and the gates of the city were the names of men. God builds his body. He builds his church. He builds his bride brothers and sisters on the backs of men who have given themselves to him. By destiny he says, John was supposed to be his apostle. Peter was supposed to be his apostle. Judas was supposed to be his apostle. Why? Because his name was a foundation somewhere in the spirit in a city called New Jerusalem. So what happened when Judas sinned and betrayed Jesus? He says, let another take his office. His name was removed and Matthew's name was placed there. That's why when he comes in chapter 3 of Revelation, he says, he that overcomes shall be a pillar in the house of my God. So the structure, the framework of the bride of the great city is already set. What you and me are to do is by the Spirit of God align ourselves with His purposes so that the Spirit can know where to fit us in the city. So He says, They that name the name of the Lord must depart from iniquity. For in a great house there are not only vessels of wood and gold, but He says, those who want to be useful to the Lord must sanctify themselves that they may be vessels fit for the master's use. We are all vessels, but not of different, not of the same quality. We are all vessels, but we do not have the same, the same quality. We are all stones, but not of the same quality. There are only certain kind of stones that are qualified to be the city of God. Let me show you. Oh my God. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its wall. He measured the city, its gates and its walls. He says the foundations its gates and its walls. The walls were the 12 apostles. The gates was the tribe of Israel. So he is measuring the city. 
He's measuring the gates. Why? Because he must find equality. That's why he says that we may come unto the fullness of the stature, unto the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ. So there is measuring. Says this angel had a rod measuring the city, the gate and its walls. Why? To find balance because the city is, must be a four-sided four square. Perfect. If you measure it one side, the breadth and the length must be equal. One side of the wall must not be taller or higher than the other. Otherwise, it's not a perfect church. Otherwise, it's not a perfect city. So you must measure. So we find that we measure, when we measure the stature of the body of Christ, there's an imbalance. He said, the city was laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its height. And he measured the city with the reed. 12,000 furlongs, its length, its breadth, and its height are equal. Then he measured its walls, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is of an angel. The construction of its wall was of jasper. The city was pure gold. Like glass, the foundation of the wall of the city was adorned with all kinds of precious stones. Not just stones, precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. The second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jenkin, the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Notice what he means, the stones he used. Is the more precious so when God comes back to earth he must ensure that what the spirit is doing here on earth with this church is reflecting the already perfect structure in the heavens so the spirit is building according to a pattern as I will build my church I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. My church. My church. My church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. His church. His church. He says he will be good. Let me show you something. Ephesians chapter 5. Chapter 2.
Verse 19. Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built, having been built, he says, you who are no longer strangers and foreigners, having been built, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom, in whom, in whom, the apostles, the prophets, and Jesus, in whom, in whom, you are being built in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit his church is a habitation if you read revelations after what we just read now you will find out that in the city there is no temple because the Bible says that God and the Lamb are its temple. And the Lamb is her light. So he says, upon the foundations of apostles and prophets, you are being built as a building. So it is the responsibility of the Spirit to do what? To sift out the bricks which are not fit to form frame and part of the building. So what the Spirit of God does, the genius of Christ. You see, if, if we thought that Satan was a master in the creation of the world, of his system, you have, you have something coming for you because the great master engineer is Jesus. Because the very same system that Satan uses to run the affairs of the world, he, he's duplicated some of it from Jesus' system. Because Jesus developed a system and gave it to the Spirit of God and said, go and build my church. Go and build my house. Go and start now as an architect. Taking the blueprints of the plan of the house and go and find what? Material to build this house. So the Spirit comes down on earth. When He comes down, He finds those who have accepted the sacrifice of Christ. Those become the stones. So the Spirit of God is not picky. He wants everybody. In the last days, my spirit shall fall on all flesh. All flesh, not just the Christian. All flesh. So he falls on everybody who believes. Everybody falls. But in that everybody, there is also stones which do not belong there. So what he does is that he organizes the whole structure. He does not delegate to himself the work of sifting out the stones. What he does is that he creates a system by which he can bring all the stones in different compartments. When Jesus was going to perform the miracle of multiplying the bread and fish, he said to his disciples, set them in groups of 50 and 100. Set them in groups. Why groups? Because it is a system of operation. The Spirit of God, the ministry of miracles does not operate until order is established. So Jesus knows that for the Spirit to start working 
and multiplying this bread and fish. There must be order that is institution, institutionalized because God is not the God of confusion. He's the God of order. So now the Spirit of God does something. He says he begins now to distribute the gifts, what we call the gifts of Jesus to men to stand as representations of the Christ that is unseen. Why? Because their duty is to gather the stones. So he will give 150, he will give 100, he will give 5,000, he will give 125,000. It does not matter how much he gave the other from the other. Their duty is one thing, sift up the stones. So what the gifts now have done is that the gifts have taken the stone, have taken glory of the number that they are given. And, and Satan using the, 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 the pride that develops from that, they begin to think now that because I am his representative, I can be like Moses and misrepresent him. In my anger, I can do what I want because I'm already a miracle producer. The people know that I produce miracles. But what they don't know is that the master, the head, is overseeing all things. So he's letting them do as they please as another way to define the delegation. Chapter 5, let me show you. It is not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. <laughs> we whom God has sent speaks the words of God. This God had not given it the spirit by measure. Why? Because his duty is by the spirit to what to begin to help the stones become fit for the building. It says, I will build my church. And he himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and for the what? For the, for the equipping of the saints. For the building of the body of Christ. That's why he says you have been built upon the foundations. Now it's no longer the, the prophets and the apostles. It's the five Because they share one common meaning, uh, 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 purpose. One common ministry. That's to build the church, helping build the church. That's why any church that operates without the assistance of the Holy Spirit cannot bear any value before God. Because every ministry, Paul says, must be sanctified. That my ministry to the Gentiles should be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is essential. He's the only one that has the eyes to see that this is good stone, this is bad stone. It's all about the construction of the building. So he gives everybody a chance. <laughs> Chapter 5. Because there's a mission. He must make his body, his glorious church. There's a mission. And the body of Christ, now this generation of the body of Christ has, has removed itself from the purpose. Why? In, in, in hopes of trying to be relevant to a generation that is enticed by the spirit of the world. The generation don't need entertainment, they need the spirit of God. 
Ephesians 5. Verse 31. Chapter 5, verse 31. For this reason, a man shall leave, a man shall leave, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become flesh. This is a great mystery. What is a great mystery? The leaving of the man to go to be united with his wife. He says it's a great mystery. But he says, I speak concerning Christ and the church. I speak concerning Christ and the church. So Christ is the man that leaves his father to be joined to his wife. Notice it's not the wife that comes. It's, it's the man that goes. The man forgoes his station with his father and his mother. And he goes and unites himself with his wife. Did he not say, I shall come again. That where I am you may also be. Telling us that Jesus at the present moment is not enjoying his place with the Father. There is no real enjoyment because he is disunited from his bride. He is disunited from his wife. So there is a yearning in his heart for his wife. But his wife is not ready to meet the, bride, the bridegroom. Because his wife is still filthy. He's still spotted. He's still blemished. So even though his yearning is to be with his bride. He cannot because he must present her to him. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loves the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her. So the wife, the church needs cleansing. The church needs sanctification. So he says he gave himself for her. That through his blood, the bride now could go through a process of cleansing, a process of sanctification by the Spirit. The purpose of the sanctification, the purpose of the cleansing, it is a process. The purpose is so that he cleanses her with the washing of the water by the word. The washing of the water by the word. That he might present her. To himself. A what? A what? A what? A hungry church? A weak church? A sinning church? A struggling church? He says what? A glorious church. So, so our master develops a system of governance through the fivefold to help the church, the body, the wife come to processes of cleansings and sanctifications through the washing of the water by the word. So what he gives them is the word that would cleanse his bride. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 9, he says, see that you watch over the flock of God whom the Holy Spirit has what made you overseer whom he has purchased by his own blood. So he said that he may present her to himself. 
presenter to himself presenter to himself a glorious church because only a glorious groom will marry a glorious church Jesus is glorified the church also must be glorified so ask yourself what are we doing ask yourself since I stay what are we doing promising people the earth promising people the world we have made the church a hospital <laughs> In doing that, what we have done is that we have digressed from the, from the purpose of the church. Most of his miracles were done outside, not inside. Inside the synagogue, he taught. So we want to take what should be done outside and bring it inside. Every Sunday is a deliverance healing meeting. <laughs> Why? Because you are, you are, you are, you are camouflaging your inability to teach. Yes. By using the power that supposedly is given to you by God to show off. In showing off, you are hiding that you actually do not have death. Because the true sign is that you are able to wash his bride by the washing of water by the world. glorious church the making of a glorious church he's a genius I'll show you in a moment a glorious church notice not having what spot a glorious church not having spot or or wrinkle or any such thing that she should be holy and without blemish can I ask you a question she is not having spot. What is the spot? Is it sin? The spot, the wrinkles, the blemish. What are those? Are those sins? Yeah? Are those sins? Are those sins? You agree? All agree that those are sins? We all agree that the spots, the wrinkles, and the blemishes are sins. All agree, hands up. <laughs> so I say he's a genius. He's a genius. The spots is not seen. The wrinkles is not seen. The blemishes are not seen. The spots, the blemishes, and the wrinkles are people. They are not sins, they are people. So he, he knows that in his church there is the need for him to bring out a glorious church that is without the blemishes and the spots and the wrinkles that should tame 
and polluted. So what he does is remarkable. Okay, let me show you that they are not sins. All right, Jude chapter one. Parosavne brechete gradiska, chale troza da bronza grata di galega bronze te galibai. Yanda gabozo sheke bronza te. Verse chapter one, verse four. For certain men have crept in and. Notice who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and denied the only Christ and our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number 10. But these, who, who are these? The ungodly men speak evil of whatever they do not know. Whatever they know naturally like brute priests, in these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, have run greedily in the era of Balaam for profit. Now you are, you are starting to see something. You are starting to see something. Identification of spots. Identification of blemishes. So, so he's telling us that there is, it is possible to, to separate yourself, to be fit, to be prepared as the glorious church by separating yourself from the spots and blemishes and he begins to give you their nature they have got went greedily in the era of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah Korah was the, that those guys who said to Moses how you think you are the only one that God speaks to that those who want authority has not been given to them <laughs> so Moses asked them do you also want the priesthood Verse 12, you read it please. Wait, please read it again. These are spots in your? These are spots in your? These are spots in your? Without spot or ego. Without spot, a glorious church without spot. Without spot. So the spots. He says, our, are these ungodly men who have crept in to turn the grace of God into lewdness? These are men who through greed have what corrupted themselves and others. Remember, at the word of two or three witnesses, a word shall be established. So this cannot be a doctrine until it is what? It is supported and verified by another scripture that is far away from it. So I will show you 2 Peter chapter 2. Verse number one. But there were also what? False prophets among the people. So the context tells you, he's talking about who? The false prophets and false teachers. Even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them. Did not those other ones deny the Lord also? To turn the grace of God into what? Lewdness. Denying even our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> right? And bring on themselves what? Sweet destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways. Many will, many, many. You, you, when you read the Bible, pay attention to the details. He didn't say some. He said many will follow their destructive ways. Many. 
will follow their distracted the destructive ways of who? the false teachers and the false prophets they will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed then he says what by greed by covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words so a thousand dollars seed for your miracle they will exploit you by what deceptive words so you can tell the false teachers you can tell the false prophets the bible already told you that this is the way you will track them down just by their covetousness, they are greed. They will what? Entice you, exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has been idle and their destruction does not slumber. <laughs> you follow me? So he's talking about who? Yeah? Verse 12. Because of time. But these, who? Who? Who again? These, but these, who again? False prophets, false, but these, like natural brute beasts, brute beasts, doesn't it sound familiar to what you read in Jude? Made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand, and will utterly perish in their own corruption. Did they not corrupt themselves by going in the era of Balaam? And will receive the wages of unrighteousness. As those who counted pleasure to carouse in the daytime. You read it, please. Mm. 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 They are what? They are what? They are what? They are what? The same word he uses for sports here is the same word you find in Ephesians chapter 5. So you find three areas that validify a teaching. It is substantiated to be a teaching. That the sports he talks about is not the sins of, of the people, but it is what? The false prophets and teachers. So he says the glorious church will, will, will be without false prophets, will be without false teachers. So if you are in a ministry that is run by a false prophet, you don't fall part of the glorious church because you are with the sports, you are with the blemishes. Because he said there are sports in your lapis. Lapis were gathering places, places of church. So the sports that are found in the churches will determine whether or not the stones in the churches will be part of the glorious church. I tell you the master system of the spirit. So what he does is that he uses both the ministry gifts as a way of access and also as a way of identification. When he said Moses, he said you will throw your, your rod down and he shall turn into a snake. But when he told him that, he did not tell him that the magicians will do the same thing. Yet God knew that they would do the same thing. Yes. Because what Moses was doing was a practice thing in Egypt. So God told him to use the very same thing that the Egyptians used to conjure up the miraculous. When Moses used it, the Egyptians looked, Pharaoh looked at him and laughed and he called his magicians. They threw down their rod and he turned into a serpent. But the serpent of Moses did something. He ate all of them. So he says that there will be false prophets and true prophets. And you will not be able to distinguish except by the false prophets. 
prophets being what? Being swallowed up by what? The true prophets. Truth, brothers and sisters, is what? Is consistent. You can't overcome truth. So the glorious church is without spot, without blemish. Because the false prophets and the false teachers are what today is, are making the church unholy. So he tells us how we can identify that you are a false prophet. Because when, he says, through their covetousness, they will exploit you. Their main agenda is one thing. Their main agenda is to follow the error of Balaam for profit. So they will use their gift, they will use their office as a way to bring in money for themselves. So the identification of spots on the pulpits is seen clearly not by me, but the scriptures. It says there are spots and blemishes. There are spots and blemishes. They are the things, the very things that hinder the glorious church from rising. And Satan uses, he says, I will plant in the tares among the wheat. It's a strategy, but he, he has a higher wisdom. He says it's hidden wisdom. So he allowed Satan to use the strategy of bringing in duplications of ministries in his church. But to Satan's bewilderment, he's using the very same thing to, uh, to separate those who are his and those who are not. So he tells us how you can identify the false prophets and the false which are spots in our love feasts, which are blemishes and wrinkles in our love feasts. And he also tells us the true mark of a true prophet is not his ability to prophesy. It's not his ability to prophesy. The prophet is not justified. His office is not justified by his ability to prophesy. His purpose is not to prophesy. He is a foundation. His purpose is to what? Is to provide the right foundations that God can use to build his church. So prophecy comes as a credential, but not as what? Not as something that validates his office. The validation of the office is measured by how well he is doing the purpose of his ministry because the perfect prophet is jesus and jesus set for us a pattern jesus brothers and sisters he preached and taught more than a prophesied. <coughs> yet he was a prophet hmm. ephesians chapter 4 without spot so everybody that has spotted will become part of what? Let me show you this. Second Thessalonians. Quick. Then we'll move to Ephesians 4. We'll round up with Ephesians 4. Chapter 2. Second Thessalonians. Chapter 2. Blemished. 
the things in you that makes up the spots is the deceptiveness of doctrines. Strange. Bible calls it strange doctrines. Man of God comes, says, God told me to wash all of your feet with cheek. God spoke to me, I was on the mountain of God. God spoke to me in a vision and he said, I must give you this oil. Yes. And just get your hands. It's God who spoke to you and told you to sell it. God, God, God is speaking to me. He's just telling me, he's telling me right now that there are three of you who must give. 10,000 rands right now. There are three who must give 10,000 rands. In fact, it's two because I'm one of them. <laughs> the spots in Christianity, the blemishes in Christianity. I will never fear such a man. I'll never respect such a man. Isaiah 55, so an Isaiah 55C. So $55 for an Isaiah 55C. A turnaround in your life is on the way. He says through their what? Covetousness, they will exploit you for profit. He says what you are seeing is the operation of Baal. And is, not, is it not in Revelation that Jesus said to that church, I am against you because you hold the doctrine of Bala? They will exploit you. They are spots, blemishes. Blemishes are spots, blemishes, because are hindrances that would make you fit to be a stone. For the glorious church. There are many people, brothers and sisters, who are rubble in the construction of God. They started out well. They ended up as rubble. What are we doing? So when the, when the preacher uh, prepares the message, he prepares it around the issues of the people. Dividing line has already went out. Paul says that I'm a, I am an apostle and I highly magnify my office. I am telling you today, I am a prophet of God. And that which I tell you is from the Spirit. That's why. I don't need people to validate who I am. It's God. The Bible says no man takes this honor unto himself, except it be given to him from above. 
Jesus said to he said to uh, 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 Pontius, he says, uh, 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 "You cannot have authority over me except to be given to you from above." He says, "I'll build my church. Are you his church? Are you his church?" His church glorifies him, not the man he sent. His church represents him. His church is, uh, is aligned to his purposes and plans, is loyal to him, not to a system that was created by man. What are we doing? This Christian thing is a mess. It's a mess. And it's a mess that God is using to, to carve out the remnant. Hmm. The lack of balance in the body of Christ. The lack of balance and the, the propagation of extremes is what's destroying us. Is what's destroying us. He said, I am the way. There is no other way. He says, I am the truth. There is no, uh, no other reference of truth except Jesus. I am the life. What man is seeking after? He says, I am he. Verse 1, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 1. Now brethren, now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him. He's talking about two separate events here. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is, is His coming with the saints. Our gathering to Him is what we know as the rapture, the catching away of the church. That event is very soon. So when we talk about the coming of, when I say Jesus, when we say Jesus is coming back, this thing is already included, this rapture thing. He says, we ask you, concerning the coming of the Lord, and our gathering to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. So he says, don't just believe any spirit, what, what Jesus is coming back, what Lord is already. He says, we, we are asking you whether it's by spirit, he says, doesn't care who's saying it. Right? Right? So like I just said to you at the beginning of the service, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. You may read that and say, yeah, talk about you, Pastor. <laughs> right? Yes, I'm included in there. Except I say this with the revelation that Paul is going to communicate. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come. That day will not come. That day will not come. Unless that day will... Oh, your man, day. 
That day will not come unless. Are you hearing it? You see what's withholding the coming of that day? It says it will not come unless. Read there, please. Well, hey, read. Don't, don't be too much in a hurry. It says, and because he's, he's telling us the indicator of that coming. He says it will not come unless what? So we must stop and ask ourselves, what is the falling away? Because the falling away is the indicator. They have told us that they, 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 the big shots in the, in, the, in the kingdom, they have told us that the sign of the Lord's coming is the wars in the country, in the nations. And also is Israel signing a peace treaty with the Islamic uh, nations. They, they have said that Israel signed certain peace agreements and so forth, right? But Paul here is saying to us that that day is not coming unless there is what? The falling away. The what? Comes first. So the falling away must precede the rapture and the coming of the Lord. Oh, is that true? That, you see, you see, Jesus said in Revelation, if you overcome, I will keep you from what? The trial that is to come upon the whole earth. Right? He says, I will keep you from that. So he's telling you there's a group of people that will not suffer the consequences of what? Of the trial that is coming on the earth. That trial is known as the days of sorrows. So he says the great falling away must precede the what? The rapture of who? Of the glorious church. Because the presentation of the bride to Christ will not happen on earth. It will happen in heaven. That's why it says, blessed are all those who are invited to the what? To the marriage supper of the Lamb. So there are those who will not be invited. The invitation is the rapture. <coughs> so if you are not raptured, you are not invited. So he's telling us that, and who's saying this? The one that's saying is God himself. So those within the Christian door must receive invitation. That invitation is the gift of rapture. Because rapture is the gift that identifies the glorious church. Because the glorious church, the bride, must be the bride that does not die. Because Jesus, the Bible says, he tasted death for all men. So the glorious church, the bride of Christ, is the only group of people on earth who will never die. That's why even though Enoch and Elijah today are alive, they will come back to earth to die. Why? Because it is not a gift. It is not a gift reserved for them. It is reserved for the bride. So those who die are part of the glorious church. So the rapture is the gift, the invitation into the bride. I mean the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's a marriage supper, you, you scream what it is. Right? So he said, but that must be preceded by a falling away. The word the falling away is apostasis. You know what, <laughs> you know what it means? Who can guess what it means? Yeah? Apostasy. Apostasis. The word the apostasis means those who are blemished and spotted. So the great falling away is what? Is the revelation, the manifestation of who? The spots and the blemishes. Why? Because the spots and the blemishes are the only ones keeping the bride from ascending. So he says the great falling away. No, you can study it yourself. In, in the word there is those who are blemished, those who are wrinkled, deep, 
defects. The stronger word is defects. Those were defects. Now, let me ask you this. Look at me. Has the great falling away started? Or is it still coming? It started. So, if it's already begun, what is it telling you about the rapture and the coming of It is starting. Because people are, are, are beginning to see their lives, the charlatans that the preachers are. People are starting to see. Even people who are, who are not Christianized, who are not Christian, they look at TV and say, this bunch of <laughs> And in truth, people do not have a problem against Jesus. They have a problem against those who manipulate Jesus for their own gain. So you can see that in the church now, there is a rattling. Jesus is shaking up things. So you think, it, you think it's just coincidental that they have been arrested. The scandals are coming out. This is coming out. Everything, everything is just in a haywire. No, it is planned by him. Yet once again, I shall shake all things in the heavens and the earth. That which remains. That which remains. If you are founded on the rock, you'll remain. The making of the glorious church. Are you spotted? If you are spotted, you will do yourself a favor by beginning a life of sanctification and cleansing. Don't deceive yourself that living a sinful life is okay. There are standards. Hallelujah. The great falling away comes first. He's not done. For, 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 for that day will not happen until what? The great falling comes first. And? 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 The son of perdition. So... Wait, come look at me. Look at me. Look at me. From what you read, will you see the Antichrist? From what you read, will you see the Antichrist? Will the glorious church see the know and see the Antichrist? Oh, read your Bibles. Oh, are you he says it will not happen until the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed. So before the rapture and before the coming of Christ, he says the man of sin will be revealed. That means the son of perdition will be known. Uncle Paul Rutilo, no. Antichrist will come after. He says until he's revealed. The... Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God and that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God showing himself that there is that he is who God do not do you not remember that when I was with you I told you these things and now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time 
What is restraining his revelation is what? Is the construction of the building. The construction of the building must be finished first. The building of the glory. So as soon as he finished, as soon as the Spirit of God finishes building, the man of sin is revealed. When he's revealed, the seven years begins, the church leaves. So the church will be in the seven year period. In the first three and a half, the man of sin is revealed and he declares himself as the son of peace. He becomes a man of peace all over the world, becomes a political leader, everybody loves him. When the days of sorrow begin, the three and a half, the, the, uh, Daniel calls it what? The, abomin the desolation of abomination. That's the three and a half years that is tried. He said the testing of the entire world. At the three and a half years, we leave. Enoch and Elijah comes. And when they come, they started prophesying for 1,000 and how many days? That's exactly three and a half years. And in that three and a half years, the church is in heaven receiving rewards, celebrating, and getting to know their group. Is that day close? Closer than you think. As we speak, as we speak right now, we're going home. As we speak right now, they are, they are already making preparations. They are already prepping the world. They are already prepping and making the stage ready for the Antichrist. The Antichrist will be preceded by the false prophet. So a short while before the Antichrist manifests, the false prophet will come. And the false prophet is in the world today. The false prophet is a public figure today. The false prophet is busy. The, the false prophet is busy. He's busy before your eyes. You see him every day. Before you see him every day. <laughs> That's why he says, he, he that what is intelligent. Let him what? Let him calculate. Every day he's making deals, signing things, making everything just before your eyes. And he will perform a miracle by which everybody will know he's the first prophet. But even before he performs the miracle, you can know who he is. Mm. Some things are for you to seek out by the Spirit. But it's before you. He recently just said there is no hell. He just said, there is no hell. That is the false prophet. He is the embodiment, the false prophet himself.
Can, can I show you one last key? One last thing? One last thing? Just one last thing in Revelations. Revelations. The Bible says, come out from her, my people. Lest you be what? Tainted and polluted by fornication. He said, she sits. She's the woman that sits upon the beast. Her feet upon, are upon many waters. <laughs> Love the Bible. The, the, the false prophet will come out. The false prophet will come out from the city with seven mountains. In the Bible, there are two cities with seven mountains. Jerusalem and what? Rome. Let me show you one last thing, okay? One last thing. Verse number four. So they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast. The dragon who gave authority to the beast is who? Satan. And they worship the beast. Say, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. Right? When he was given what? Authority to continue for 42. Count 42 months. How much is 42 months? How much is 42 months? One year is 12. Two years is 24. Uh, how much is 42? How many years is it? Three, uh, three years and now? Three years and now? Mm, three years, three years, six months. How long was the rain stopped by Elijah? Let me tell you the mystery of Elijah. All right, okay, I'll tell you another day. I'll tell you another day. The, Elijah did only one miracle. Do you know that? He performed only, there's only one miracle that Elijah, he came and did one miracle. There's only one miracle Elijah did. I'll leave you, I'll leave you there. <laughs> because he had only one assignment. Uh, okay, Elijah will talk about some other day. And he was given authority to continue for the two months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and all those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe and tongue and nation. So who is the one that will make ready this kind of rule? There's only one. The one who is sleeping with all the nations of the world today. Mystery Babylon. The mother of all hallows. 
Mystery Babylon. You know what is Mystery Babylon? You know what is Mystery Babylon? Is the, is the convocation of what? Of diverse nations into one. Come, let us what? Gather together and build ourselves a what? A tower. So different tribes, different nations coming together to form what? One unified body. Recently, recently, the 17 nations of the Sanhedrin gathered together, together with Islam, the Jews, and other Hindu nations. They went to Mount Olives to make a sacrifice. Why? Because it was said that all religions must come and unify themselves together. Because we all serve one God. And you know, what they, they, you know what they started doing? They said, let us go back to the original commandments of Noah. It, it, it's called the Noah Hide. Constitution. Listen, it's made right. Nina Lele. Lele. Worrying about what you are going how tough it is for you. How rough life is. Around you, circumstances are being arranged that will define the destiny of the yours. The Bible says he knows that his time is short. He knows that his time is Satan. He knows that his time is short. He knows it. So the best, the best tool he has sent out in this time is deception because it is deception that distracts the making of the glorious church are you blemished are you spotted there is a danger if you are spotted there's a danger if you are blemished there's a danger if you are wrinkled because that means you do not fit you are not a stone that can be fitted into the building of god that's why, brothers and sisters, in this generation, the most important form of Christianity will be personal relationship with Jesus. Not, not the relationship you have with Him in the house of God, but the relationship you have with Him alone. The relationship you have with Him in your own secret chambers. Because there's coming a day when worshipping like this will be almost impossible. He says, it shall be that I shall scatter the shepherd, the sheep. I mean, I shall strike the shepherd. The sheep shall be scattered. So our own is to start seeking God. Lord, sanctify us. Lord, purify us. Lord, cleanse us. Lord, help us walk in righteousness. Lord, help us, keep us holy. That's why every true church, every true church of God must, must be able by the Spirit of God to be able to preach this message undilutedly. Holiness, without which no one shall see the Lord. It's not, it's not, no, no, it's not maybe, it's not perhaps God will have mercy. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Let's all stand.
before the Lord. Be earnest in understanding the urgency of the times. Ask Him to give you eyes. You know, Elihu said, he said, he, he said, teach me what I do not see, that I may keep my feet from the path of error. Ask Him to teach you concerning what you do not see, to prepare you for the days ahead, and to keep your heart fixed on him at all times. I want us to pray. Hands lifted up to heaven. Pour your heart to the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you utterance. To communicate to the Father. Help us, Father. Help us. Help us. Libranda Gradaliga Bronza Bradadagali Bronza Gramashanabaha Manta Grada Brodali Branda Zagrada Bojono Branza Gradalaga Bradabaha Ribala Barabaga Shalaman Zagrada Lagali Branza Gradaga Branza Ratura Tore Gesevidiliga Bronza Gabranda Lahai Ayayaya Help us Lord Help us Lord Help us Lord Help us Lord Help us, Lord. La Bosigada, La Garosa, La Bradaya. La Branza, La Razodo, Shala Branza, Gata, 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 Him, 
independence is a little bit tight. Our desire should that it should be tied even tighter. So that he does not lose his grip over us. When days are dark, Lord, your light we need. We need the light of God. We need it more than anything. It is the only thing that will cause the truth for a glorious church. Having the glory of God, her light was like Jasper. In the name of Jesus, we seal this message before you. Holy Spirit, impart the Spirit that was responsible for bringing this message to your people into our hearts, into our spirits, into our souls, that by a Spirit of God, we may always, always in our spirits, sense the urgency of the times, know the prophetic times in which we are in, and help us to live and act accordingly. We want to know you. Give us your grace. Circumcise our hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ. Bless your name. Bless your name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You got something? This was a, a prophetic message to, to sort of